right, if you take your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4, where we'll be at this evening. Um, I am looking forward to going through the book of Acts on Wednesday nights. We're just in the beginning of it. And it's already been a help to me. And I sure uh, love the Word of God and what it does for us. I'm not going to have you stand tonight for sake of time. We need to get right in to the message. I'm going to try to be finished before 8 o'clock. Um, that way we can get uh, master clubs and all them up here and uh, all the adults around so we can get the business meeting going tonight. Thank you so much for being here this evening. Acts chapter number 4, where we're going to be at tonight, I'm going to read three verses uh, to you, the first three verses of Scripture. <clears throat> I'll give you the title of the message. Um, I will pray, and then we will get right into it. Acts chapter number 4, starting in verse number 1. And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. As I was reading through this passage, I began to think what just happened took place in chapter number 3, how God had done some great miracles. Uh, Peter and John were walking into the temple in a place to pray, and uh, they came through that spot, the gate called Beautiful, and there was a man, a lame man, that was lame from his birth, and uh, he looked at them, and he was asking alms of them, and they looked at him and said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to thee. And they said, In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the man stretched out his hand, and he stood up, and he walked. And by faith, guess what he did? He, he received the message that the preachers were preaching to him. He put faith in Jesus Christ, and he was made whole. And then they go into the temple, and there, uh, he, that, that man who was lame uh, went in with them. And uh, as they were in there, they were all uh, preaching and uh, giving the gospel as they were in there. And this man was all excited about what was going on. And people were wondering what was happening and all of this stuff. Now, here we are in chapter number 4. It says, and, they spake unto the pe- and as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people. They're, they were upset that they were teaching in Jesus' name. It said, and they laid hands on them. That didn't mean they put their arm around them. It meant they grabbed a hold of them and they put them in jail. And I thought, wow, what a trial. Here they're serving the Lord and now they got put in jail. And I'm going to preach to you tonight about boldness during the trial. Boldness during the trial. Let's pray, Lord, we love you. Thank you for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the opportunity we have tonight, Lord, to be in your word. Lord, I pray that you'll uh, clear any distractions, Lord, clear my mind and my heart of any, uh, any other business right now but your word. And Lord, we ask you please to speak to hearts this evening. Lord, change us. Thank you for the faithfulness of the people here at Faith Baptist Church. And Lord, may we have a renewed spirit as we leave here tonight to serve you more than we ever have. And Lord, we sure love you and thank you so much for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. As I was going through this, I began to think, man, I'm glad that I'm an American. I'm glad I live in America. And you know what? Today is a very important day. Uh, September the 11th, we all know what took place 18 years ago on today, is our country was attacked. And it was a dark day. It was a trialsome day. It was a day that uh, our nation uh, took a black eye from the enemy. 
And you know, a lot of people want to forget about it. I remember where I was that day. My wife and I actually got married on September 8th of 2001. And uh, we had driven through New York City on the 10th of September. And uh, we were actually supposed to stay that night in New York City. But uh, by the grace of God, we kept going and went to Connecticut. And uh, the next day when the World Trade Centers got hit, you know, you're normally not supposed to call your parents on your honeymoon. But I kind of figured I probably should because they thought we were in New York City. And uh, so we called them and let them know that we were safe. And, you know, only by the grace of God were we. But there was a lot of people that went through a trial that day. They lost loved ones that day. And a lot of things happened. And there's times in our lives that as born-again believers, not as a nation as a whole, but as children of God, we're going to go through trials. We're going to have times in our life that we're doing what we can for God. It seems like everything we're trying to do, we're serving the Lord with everything in our heart, everything in our soul, everything in our mind. We're doing everything in our power to serve God. And then all of a sudden, it just seems like, man, our just the wind gets out of our sail. Some trial comes. Maybe it's a health situation. I don't think any of us have ever been thrown in jail for preaching the gospel uh, that are in this room tonight. But you know what? That we've had trials. Satan's come on the war path, and he's come trying to get us and... Uh, these men were put in jail, they were attacked, they were in a trial, but they had some boldness through it. And I want to, this problem that was mounting in verse 1 and 2 is these people didn't like the fact that they were preaching in Jesus' name. And anytime we open this book and anytime we try to preach this book, people aren't going to like it. The world's not going to like it. Uh, Satan's not going to like it. You know why? Because this word is what uh, defeats Satan. It's what uh, the Lord used in the book of Matthew when Satan tempted him. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. Satan doesn't like the Bible. And any time that the Lord Jesus Christ is preached, any time the Word of God is open, there's going to be trials that come because anybody who preaches truth, Satan's on the warpath. And these men were going through a time, man, some great things had taken place. They saw this man uh, who was lame. They saw him healed and uh, what testimony they had been giving. And people were believing in what Jesus had done. And they were believing in this miracle that took place. But this problem was mounting. And uh, as they tried, they said, well, how can we get these men to quit preaching about Jesus? How can we get these men to quit uh, messing up what we've got going on here? See, they weren't there to, to have everybody worship God. They were there for themselves. They were there for their own self-gain. And now all these people are believing in the message that they're talking about. They're believing in what's going on. And uh, there's a problem mounting now because people are now going uh, to the... It says that the people spake to the priest and the captain of the temple. And the Sadducees came unto them and they were gr- and being grieved that they taught the people. And preach through Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. I couldn't imagine being grieved about somebody preaching about Jesus. But you know what? They were grieved about that. And they were bothered about that. And they said, man, how can we stop these men? I know. Let's put them in jail. So they tried this prison method in verse 3. There was that problem that was mounting. They were murmuring, complaining. They were grieved about it. They tried prison. Prison's going to stop them. That's what's going to do it. So they put them in prison uh, that night. It said they laid hands on them and put them in the hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Verse 4, Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Think about that. 5,000 people believed the message that they were preaching. 
Peter's message uh, that he's even going to preach again here in verse number 8. But the the message that him and John had already been uh, preaching to the people. They had evidence with them. Here's this man, this lame man who's walking with them about what's going on. And uh, as they're going through, these people began to murmur. The devil's crowd's always going to murmur when you preach about Jesus. The devil's crowd's always going to get upset when you preach about Jesus. The devil's crowd's always going to uh, say, well, you guys are too old-fashioned, or you guys are, uh, you guys are just, uh, uh, you're fanatics. You know what? It's okay to be a fanatic for Jesus. It's okay to do that. We need to preach Jesus everywhere we go. But this was, the, they tried prison. I know we're going to keep them out uh, by, by putting them in prison. And it said, even though they did that, it said, they which heard, believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Now listen, these people had a problem because in chapter 2, at Pentecost, 3,000 people got saved. And then daily, they were added unto the church, such as should be saved. And now about 5,000 people trust Christ as their Savior. Could you imagine what kind of revival was taking place right now? And I wonder why we don't see those things again. And we've talked about that. Why do we not hear about 5,000 people being saved? And why do we do this? Because when the problems come and the trials come and the problems mounting and uh, Satan goes on the warpath, it doesn't even take prison to get us off track. It just takes somebody saying something about you. Somebody posting something on social media about you and all of a sudden you're like, well, I better back up. I better slow down. See, they even put these guys in prison thinking, okay, that's going to stop Peter and John. That's going to stop them. We taught them. We laid hands on them. And you know what? I don't think they nicely put them in jail. I don't think, Brother Ron, they walked up to him, pat him on the back and said, hey, you fellas, come on with us tonight. No, I believe they grabbed a hold of them and they even maybe threw some elbows to them or whatever. And they did what they had to do and they put them in stocks and they put them in jail. And here they are now. They're in prison But people had heard and they believed and it said, And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and the elders and the scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Here they're pondering this miracle that just took place with this, with this lame man. Peter and John had already told them in the previous passage in chapter 3, this isn't anything to do with us, this is all about God. They told them, we weren't the ones that healed them, God healed him. They already went through, but now here they are, they're, they're pondering, well, how did this happen? Well, we just told you how it happened. It was Jesus that did it. But they're still pondering what's going on. All of these guys are sitting there, Anus and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and all those that were there are are sitting there, and they're saying, by what power or by what name have you done this? So there was that problem mounting. There was a prison method they used. They were pondering this miracle in verse number 7. But look at uh, Peter's message in verse 8 through 10. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, that's the key right there, You know why 5,000 people got saved and 3,000 people got saved and daily in every house people were getting saved because they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with power from the Holy Ghost. Then Peter, being filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? 
Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Peter had to tell him again. His message was Jesus. It's all about him. See, when there's times when we're faced with a problem, when we don't know what to do and people are wondering, well, how, how can things be? How could this lost person get saved? Or how can all this stuff happen? You just preach Jesus. It's nothing about me. It's nothing about you. It's nothing about anything we could do. It's all about Jesus. And Peter made it very clear. He said, here, you're trying to uh, judge us and examine us about this good deed that was done to this man. He said, listen, we didn't save this man. And there's times, you ever uh, met a new convert when you lead them to Christ? I've had people say this to me before, you saved me. I'm like, no, let me correct you real quick, buddy. I didn't save you. The Holy Ghost of God saved you, buddy. I didn't save you. But see here, that's what they're looking at. Well, how did you save this impotent man? How did you heal this guy? How did you do all of this? And Peter said, listen, you guys are examining us of this good deed that was done to this impotent man. And by what means he is made whole. He said, let me tell you all about it. He said, you remember the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by the way, the one you crucified, but the one who's not dead, who God raised from the dead. He said, the one that you put on the cross, who's alive and well, that we saw him ascend into a cloud, who's coming back one day, that Jesus is the one that made him whole. That's the one that gave him power. That's the one of why he has uh, legs to walk now. And they had proof of this miracle. If you keep reading down, it said, And then this stone which was set uh, at naught of you builders which came uh, become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant, ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. What a testimony they had. There was proof of this miracle. This man was with them that had come through there. They saw the man walking. Everybody who had walked in there saw that man sitting there. From the time he was young, uh, I don't know how long it was till they put him there at the gate. But from that time on, I'm sure everybody knew who he was. And they saw him on a daily basis and they walked by him all the time. And I'm sure people had cast money and given him all those things he had asked for. And, uh, but now Peter and John had walked through and they said, listen, get up and walk. And he walks and there was a proof of it. And now people were going through and in their life they were saying, listen, they noticed they had been with Jesus. I wonder if that's our testimony that we're so bold even in the trial and the boldness that we have that people can understand where the power comes from. See, the power wasn't in themselves to endure this trial. The power wasn't in, in, inside of them, uh, in their own abilities, in their own strength to make it through the trial. Uh, their power came from the one who he was just preaching about. And it said, and they took notice that they had been with Jesus. You know, that's my prayer for Faith Baptist Church, that when people get around the members of Faith Baptist Church, that they say, man, they have been with Jesus. They can just sense it. They can sense the fact that, hey, there's proof positive that they have been with Jesus. You know what? You can tell uh, once somebody's walking with God, you can tell that they're walking with God. You know why? There's just something different about them. There's a, a peace that passes all understanding. There's a strength beyond measure. There's a, a joy uh, in the 
sad times that can still come. Why? Because it's not about the person. It's about the one living inside of them. And my prayer is that people would have proof that we have been with Jesus. When we come to this place, we ought to come to the idea we gather together in this church uh, to, to meet with Jesus. And as we leave out of this place, we ought to take him with us as we go. So that people understand we have been with Jesus. We don't come here just to put a check mark on a calendar, say, hey, we went to church tonight. No, we came to be with Jesus. And it said there's proof that they had been with Jesus. It said when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And they looked at him and said, well, this couldn't be because of their education. They're fishermen. They're ignorant and unlearned men. It said that they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So then there's this plan that they're manufacturing now. Well, prison didn't work. Man, they had been with Jesus. What else are we going to do, brother guy? Verse 14. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them and is manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. So here's their plan. We can't deny a miracle just took place. There was proof of it. Here this man, this impotent man's walking around. We can't go to Jerusalem and say, oh, by the way, a miracle didn't take place because it did. We can't deny it. He said, so what we'll do is we'll threaten them. You know what? If prison wasn't good enough, we're just going to threaten them and try to use our authority against them. And we're just going to say, you know what? Don't preach anymore in the name of Jesus because if we threaten them, maybe they'll listen and the people will just uh, forget about the message that they have been preaching. And this plan was manufactured. But I want you to see the persistence. The persistence of Peter and John. Look at verse 19. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punished them because of the people for all the men glorified God for that which was done it said they threatened him again but Peter was persistent he said no listen we can't help but preach about the things which we've seen and heard how do you expect me not to preach about it I watched it take place I saw Jesus ascend up into the cloud he was with me for 40 days after you had crucified him put him in a grave he got up walked around told us what to do told us how to carry on things I'm a witness of it and I cannot help but speak the things which I have seen and heard you know what our our, our testimony ought to be is what Jesus Christ has done in us 
We can't help but talk about the change that he made in us. We can't help but talk about the day that our, our, we were in the muck and the mire of this world and we were uh, drowning in our sin. But then when Jesus came by and we put our faith and trust in Jesus, how he did a miracle inside of me and put a new song in my heart. I can't help but preach about those things. I can't help but talk about those things. And that's where Peter and them were. They were very persistent. Listen, I can't help but preach about those things. And you know what? We ought not to lose that either. We ought not to lose about the day we got saved. We ought not to lose our persistence in preaching about Jesus. There was this, look at verse 23. Peter and them go back and they tell them about this mandate that was made. They proclaimed this mandate to other people. They said, uh, being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. So they go back and they said, hey, we were told that we weren't allowed to preach anymore in Jesus' name. But look what takes place. Verse 24. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage, and, why, and the people imagine vain things? The kings of this earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against Christ. For of a truth, against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together, for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness they may speak thy word. What did they do? They sent a prayer to the master. They said, you know, through all of this, we were told that we weren't allowed to preach in Jesus' name. We were told that uh, we were threatened that we weren't allowed to lift up the name of Jesus anymore. We were told that uh, we're not supposed to talk about it. We can't help but preach about the things which we have seen and heard. So they just went to the one who could fix the whole problem. And they prayed. They went to God. It said, and when they had heard that, verse 24, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. You know what? They were all praying together. With the same mind. Sounds very familiar, wasn't it? All the way back to chapter 1 when they were all in one accord in prayer and supplication. Here they are, chapter 4, and they're still in one accord praying. Getting together. Why do you think 5,000 people are saved and 3,000 people are saved and daily people are being saved and added unto the church? Why? Because they still knew what it was like to get the power of God. And they were bold during a trial. You know, I've seen people wave the white flag of surrender. For far less than what Peter and John went through. Well, somebody said something at the church I didn't like, so I'm just done with Christianity altogether. People will wave that white flag of surrender because, well, God didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted him to. And they give up. Listen, Peter was put into prison that night, him and John, and they keep preaching. They stood before those chief priests and elders and they said, you know what? We can't help but preach about the things which we've seen and heard. And they threaten them again and they come back and tell everybody, listen, we, this is what we were told. Everybody says, hey, I know what we can do. Let's just pray about it. 
Let's just pray about it. Listen, instead of running to all the ungodly people of this world, just go to God about your problem. Go to God about your problem. Where'd the boldness come from? See, when they noticed the boldness of Peter and John, it said they marveled. Why? Because there was proof that they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. See, they got bold because they had a prayer life. They talked with God. They knew His Word. They had a relationship with Him. And when they began to pray and they began to talk to God and they began to lift up their hearts to the Lord, Verse 29, it said that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Verse 30, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that the signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Look at verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. So what preceded the power? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer always precedes power. You want to be bold during a trial? Learn to pray. You want to be bold during a trial? You've got to learn how to talk to God. You've got to learn how to set your petitions before God. You've got to learn how to talk to Him through these times. Because He's the only one that can fix it. And they prayed, Lord, give us the boldness to preach. Give us the boldness to speak about you. Even though we've been told we can't. You know what? There may come a day in our nation where they come through these back doors and they tell us, you can't preach anymore in Jesus' name. I wonder, will we have the boldness in that day? Will we go to God in prayer in one accord and say, God, give us the boldness in your name to still preach the name of Jesus. To still preach the things that we have seen and heard. To preach about the miracles that we've seen God do. To preach about the answered prayers. To preach about the things that we know He's real. Why? Because He's inside my heart and I talk to Him and I walk with Him and I know He's real. The power always is preceded by prayer and the power of God fell upon them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. But then look, after they prayed and the Holy Ghost filled them, verse 32 through the end, it says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of things which he possessed was his own, but they all had things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many of as were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according to as he had need. And Joseph, who was by the apostle, was surnamed uh, Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the countrymen of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Listen, the people's mission was this. I'm going to give, and I'm going to go. I'm going to give, and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. You know what? I'm going to have boldness to preach in His name, but you know what? Everything I have, let me, let me just give it to God. Listen, I'm not telling you to go home and sell all your belongings and bring it to church. What I'm telling you is give everything you have to God. Give everything you have to God. See, the problem is, is we have a lot of things that have us. A lot of possessions that have us when God ought to have us. Everything we have ought to be 
a bonus because God is everything to us. And everything else should just be a side benefit. These people said, listen, I have land, I have all this stuff, but you know what, God, it belongs to you. Use it how you see fit. If somebody has need, Lord, just do what you need to do. Uh, Take what you need to take. uh, Have it distributed the way that you want to. You know what they realized? They realized again it wasn't about them. It wasn't about them. And that seems to be a common theme as we're going through here, understanding that the only way that God can ever reign supreme is if we die to self. We die to self and understand this. It's not about us. And it's all about him see they were able to have boldness through a trial because them being locked in stocks and in jail and having nothing was okay because they still had god he would never leave them nor forsake them he was with them all the time you say well preacher jail wasn't good back then you're right it wasn't they didn't have cable television to watch jail was a bad thing back then and they were in jail but you know what they still did what was right. They were brought before the chief priests. And they said, but we can't help but preach the things which we have seen and heard. And so the world was scrambling to try to explain it away. You know what? Satan tries to do that even today. When somebody's life has changed and there's a new direction and they're going in a different way, he tries to explain it away. Well, this had to happen. We, we, can't, we can't deny the fact that that person changed. We can't, you know what, just don't preach in his name anymore. They try to tell us in our nation that our young people aren't allowed to carry Bibles in school. They're not allowed to talk about God in school. They're not allowed to do this. You know what they're trying to do? The same thing these men tried to do. They're trying to say, don't talk about Jesus' name. Why? Because that, that's who changes people. But you know what? It is still legal for our young people to do that. It is still legal for them to have boldness in their Christian school. It's still, uh, uh, or in their public schools and things. And even Christian school. They need to be bold. Why? Because they're with Jesus. You know what? Us in our workplace. They try to tell you, you can't talk about the Lord in your workplace. I'm not telling you to get in trouble. I'm not telling you to do that at all. Don't force religion down anybody's throat. Don't force the word of God and get yourself in trouble and give God a bad name. But you ought to have boldness to speak if somebody asks. Why? Because you can't help but preach the things that you've seen and heard. Somebody asked you about it, you ought to tell them. Listen, it's what Jesus did in me. It's all because of him that I am what I am. Boldness during a trial. They were going through a trial, but they were still bold. They asked God for boldness. They went to him in prayer, and he gave it to him. It said, in the power of the Lord, the place was shaken. When's the last time God shook us up because of our prayer life? Listen, I think we need to learn what it is to pray again. To get the power of God so we can have boldness to be the witnesses God wants us to be. With our heads bowed and eyes closed.